0: Da, 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 da. Hi, this is Madeline, aka Growisha, founder of Growing With The Seasons. Our new voice, Season 1, is the foundation of the intergenerational conversation. It's been in my heart to do. We need more mirrors and voices to inspire our choices, for in the reflection of each other, we all grow wiser. I know I have. To learn more, or get involved in this and other co-creations and conversations, check out the website, GWTSFamily.com. We offer many ways to help you groom your authentic expression. Here we go.
1: Hello, welcome to another time of Our New Voice. Today we're speaking with women in their 40s, which I'm sure we'll have lots of them over time, but we're initially starting with two dear friends of mine and As we initiate the conversation and that listener and ourselves too, we're just going to take a couple deep breaths to bring our full presence here today. Just as you breathe, just let everything relax that can relax. Allow yourself to become fully present and centered in this moment. And may we all hear each other, maybe truly hear each other and understand one another in a way that keeps our hearts bigger, helps us be kinder. So with us today, we have dear friends, Jill and Arellis, who are both women in their 40s. And they have been on journeys, journeys of healing, of discovery. They love people. They love to research. They're mothers of daughters. They have some common threads. And we're just going to ask them some of the general conversational questions and let their hearts speak to ours. So first, we'll just say hello to Aurelis. Hello, Aurelis.
2: Hello, beautiful, Verisha. Thank
1: you for having me. I'm excited to be here having this conversation with you. Yeah, we've had lots of conversations. It's nice to be in a shared (laughs) space to see what comes up, right? Mm -hmm. And where are you? You want to tell people where you are? Sure, I'm in the Canary
2: Islands and living this incredible time on this quarantine. So I've been home for a month without going out. So that's been pretty incredible and really nice to be talking to the world. I've been really in my cave. So all of a sudden coming out and having this opportunity to speak on this kind of scale is, is really expansive for me. So Thank you for bringing back out of the cave.
1: My pleasure. You have so much to offer. You've had such a great journey. I look forward to myself and the listeners learning about some of what you've cultivated in the rich journey that's been yours with us. And then we have Jill, Jill, Jill Michelle, or Jill McGuire. Both, back for work usually, Michelle. All right. Hi, Jill. Hi. Well, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for
2: asking me to, to join you today. And I'm pretty excited, and uh, my heart has a lot to share, as usual. But especially to speak to young women, and, and from my own experience, and offering any guidance or knowing that she helped them feel empowered in their own life and have support and guidance, what makes me happy. That is my
1: passion. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Jill has been a, a great, wise woman for many people, and she has an incredible intuition. She'll, like, call you at times that you just can't believe she knew to call, and she's just always paying attention in some, like, deep water place, so <laughs> lucky to have Jill here with us today. my whale waters. My whale waters. We got a lot of water in us today. There's a watery, watery vibes. <laughs> Let's just, hopefully, our minds won't take over our wisdom and our water, huh? So the, one of the first things I'd like to bring into our conversation is, how is it that you were informed about being a woman? What do you feel you used to determine a woman? Oh, I'm a woman. Or I'm a girl. Like, How do you feel the messages in your life informed you about what it was to be a woman? Or a... When you asked the question, the no.
2: first memory I have of uh, a woman, being a woman, Just went into the dressing room with my mom. So was about four years old. And she asked me to turn around and cover my eyes so she could try on top. Mm. And I didn't because I was really curious and I wanted to know what breasts looked like. And she screamed at the top of her lungs when she saw me see her. And that was a very deep imprint of confusion that... Was one of many little stones in my journey into what is a woman. I'm going to be 47 in June, and I think I'm beginning to arrive. Uncovering <laughs> of uh, the truth of what I am, you know, and finding my own way because there's been so many of my experience, has been so many mixed messages. Also being exposed to, I would say, I don't want to get into it for some adult pictures of women and things like this as a child that I probably wasn't intended to see. And then having a response from my mom that was shocking and harder, there was this web of confusion that was created and a lot of deformity. And it's been, yeah, a lot of anger with that. And so now raising two girls, And showing them my intention was to be all the things that I needed. That's always been my guiding force with the work that I do with being a mom. Always be what you need the most. So I became the mom I needed the most. And my intention was to liberate them and empower them. And also keep a very sacred image of their personal body as their personal temple. The word sacred is pretty much around everything that I tried to teach them as far as their own connection to themselves. And and then looking back, I realized that you can't teach something unless you know it. I mean, we all pretend what we teach like deeply. And those teachings came from somewhere inside of me and were so deep. And nothing that I was really taught, but just through right life experience, again, what I needed to feel and what I needed to have in this life and perhaps what I didn't get. So whatever I was seeking, I ended up teaching them, which makes me even
1: be curious about the occupancy. Again, I must have had it somewhere in. What you brought up is something interesting, because sometimes they'll say in order to learn something, you need to be a teacher of it. And then you're also saying, so in order to teach it, you have to know it. But then I also heard in your motivation that you wanted to give them what you felt they needed that you didn't have. And I think oftentimes as parents, part of our motivation is to create something for our children that we didn't necessarily feel we had. Right? I know my voice, I grew up with children should be seen and not heard. So when the boys were younger, it was a big thing about me that they speak that they're able to be heard. You know, I might've gone to the other extreme. They might be a little watchy times, you know, I might've empowered beyond, but there was definitely a, a part of me that was driven to give that to somebody because it's something I didn't feel I had. You, you still must've had it in you somewhere. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Because I obviously like to empower voices. I love to listen. Well, you're really good at that. <laughs> Thank you. So how about you, Relis? What's your thoughts on the question?
2: That's beautiful. I I had so many flashes of my life as Joe was speaking. I'm like, oh my god, yeah, this you know, I can really resonate so much with that, Joe. I had the same sense of confusion, and I actually brought myself back to my memory in a dressing room as well. And my mother would do the same. She wouldn't change in front of me. She never allowed herself to be naked in front of me. And that created a lot of confusion because as my body started to shift and change and do things, I had no reference point, I had no... So I asked friends that were going through the same changes, like, hey, do you know what this means? And I've got some hair growing here and these things are popping up. And, and anybody know anything about this? I remember we had, all we had was encyclopedias. You know, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have access to all this information. So I remember like going through my encyclopedia, like, okay vagina, you know, <laughs> what, what what, information can I, can I get from here? And, and I agree that there's, there was a deep sense that I wanted to provide something very different to my daughter. There is something inside of us. There's a natural sense of the way it should be that we're all born with. And I feel like even as a child, I could detect what parts of what I was experiencing was based on conditioning and fear and limitation and what was my nature. And so when I found out that I was going to be a mom, I did, you know, looking, I just looked inside of myself. I said, all right, I know what feels natural and I'm going to do what feels natural. And for me, it has been completely natural to be naked as much as possible or as much as I, you know, I needed to around chassis so that she wouldn't need to see, you know, or wonder or question what, a, what an adult body looks like. So I feel like that's been really important to me, and in, including starting with the birth. I, I feel like we're we're the children of sort of the dark ages of of parenting in some form, because if you go way back, then we have you know this natural form of parenting, which was you know birthing at home and meeting needs, being really present in some in, in some like indigenous way, and then we went into these. This time where the, all the shame and the guilt and the hiding and the, the, the birds started becoming part of this disempowered movement of going into hospitals and we're sort of this experiment and we're coming back. We're also, also part of the solution where we're coming back into consciousness of what, what, what is the way that really fosters empowerment, that fosters children having a voice and not being confused about their bodies or about you know, sexuality and all these things that really confused the heck out of me. I know that I spent a lot of time looking in places that were not the best sources of information. Encyclopedia was okay. And there were other sources that weren't so positive. It was the age of television, lots of TV, lots of movies, like 80s movies. And so that's where I looked, you know, to see what it meant to be a, a woman to all the TV series that we watched and all that. It wasn't something that was birthed in my home and in my my nest. It was something that I had to seek outside. And and that definitely caused a great sense of detachment. So I also am finding out now (laughs) what it means. And I'm happy to find out now. I'm grateful to have gotten lost in that way to have found myself in in my forties, really birthing this woman. And being a mother has really, really helped me to, to bring forth the mother that I really always wanted to, to have. It's been a real guiding force for me as well. That's a little bit about, you know, I see
1: why we're here together. <laughs> I'm starting to notice. Yeah. Dude, has got to, got to So there's another concept that I would like to bring into our conversation. And that's this potential way that there's been a distorted Masculine and feminine, right? So, not necessarily, you reference dark ages, you know, that some of the ways and the systems that have been developed didn't necessarily bring us more harmony. In my experience, somewhat of a low grade war zone or power dynamic that existed between women and men, you know, through our parents, through our own attempts, right? In this current time, as we, you know, I pray, grow even more divine. I believe that we'll be able to see each other beyond those distortions. But when you were growing and there were those distortions that are reinforced by media, that are reinforced by TV shows and songs, how did you stay authentic? And and where are you still cultivating your, your most genuine response and not a programmed response to conditioning or a low-grade kind of dominance game board of chess like game we've been playing i think part of part of my
2: sensory input being like empathic which i believe we all are but some of us obviously have degrees of it and sensitivities and as a child i was extremely sensitive and growing up as well but obviously i learned how to manage some of that but for me anytime i felt Any male interest, any kind of sexual energy, the sensation of not just like the respectful like, oh, she's pretty or isn't she cute, but there was always a thread of sexual, whenever I would feel that sexual energy, it would ignite anger in me. It was never something that I enjoyed and I felt like an anger, a rage. Furious, dread, disrespect, and that, is also perhaps confusion because I did not seek that kind of attention, but yet on some level, I think that we all need healthy feedback and to feel that we're seen and to do be beauty. So for me, I think I denied my beauty for most of my life and a lot of my struggle and conflict and self-hatred and things like this. Again, it was very wrapped up in, in confusion because I felt somehow I had to deny my female essence because my mom, you know, this message of like, it's not okay to look, maybe is isn't okay, breasts aren't okay. Like there's so much confusion. And then again, that whole being, you know, introduced to inappropriate or, you know, whatever you want to call it, magazines like that I was supposed to see there was again this rejection and also theory that like on one hand i how do i be a woman what's a woman like the woman is denied because she's not even acceptable herself or bracing herself to join the other hand there's this secret female dress sexual energy that's sought after and there's this vein of distortion and and i this this whole again this whole recipe of complete chaos so it's self-rejection then hating the 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 input of from men that perhaps was could have been in some respects positive but don't look at me I don't want to be seen like I'll kill you (laughs) like you you cross a line and brought out a protective protectress warrior part of me it also drew forward a very male part to protect that female part of me. So for me personally, again, it's always been this like cross fusion of confusion from some of the original experiences I've had in my life and other things I carry from before this experiencing, but sorting through, you know, and then living out those Ways like my daughters were were taught that through my actions, which I had to undo and still continue to try to teach them that where's healthy, where's unhealthy, where's the boundary, where is it okay? I, you know, to be looked at in, in a beautiful adoration way is one feeling, or to be looked at like I want to get into your legs is a whole nother story. So when you're dealing with people who are so sensitive, those messages perhaps sometimes can get very crossed. Right? So another thing that I try to teach, again, always being out step room for everybody else is really understanding what this energy is. And then also how I'm being triggered by it and perhaps like moving through some of those barriers. I, I experimented with all the roles, you know, all the roles that I could, I, I saw play out in, in, in movies and TV shows. And I went more into the submission. I went more into that I became that really friendly, bubbly character and sort of played into the roles of the of the feminine that is in submission to the masculine so I played a lot with that it wasn't so much later in my life that I was able to empower myself to the degree where I could really feel myself as as an equal and as having rights and, and having and, and and gaining my voice and really be able to step into my empowered feminine. That really came through a lot of challenging relationships. In my home, the most important thing was to, to be obedient. You know, that was like the feminine role. And my parents definitely played out some extreme polarities and, and extreme feminine, extreme masculine. My father was the, you know, all the power of the, the home and the voice that was the loudest. And my mother was the submissive, obedient wife. It was being fed through many channels. And so I really went through a lot of the, um, the roles. As I played with those roles, I, I feel like the, the feminine aspects in my life, my friends really, I always had a big group of incredible women in my life that supported me, the family that showed me love, that encouraged me, that uplifted me. That was my soul tribe. you know, these beautiful women that I, that I got to come into contact with in high school. And so it was through them, I feel like, that I was able to to see that that empowered feminine and, and understand different, different ways. It was a process. And so then I you know, went into several relationships with men that were pretty challenging in the form of playing a lot of those roles. And through a lot of heartbreak and through a lot of falling and getting back up and falling and getting back up, I was able to slowly come into my power. But it was something that really didn't happen for my 30s and now my 40s I feel like I really like getting it (laughs) but it's it's, yeah it took some time and I needed to really experiment with all of it I needed to fully be that role of the feminine that I had that I had witnessed so much in my youth and then I got to taste and test what it felt like to be an empowered woman and I, I I was able to find myself through through that and lots of really beautiful examples that started coming into my life and i'm grateful for the guidance the feminine of the sisterhood for me it's such an important part of what has fostered the feeling of i'm you know, i've got this i'm i can and, and i don't need a man and i you could go through the other extreme but it was so played with those roles the feminist role of like the extreme version of i've got this and i don't need a man is also a polar you know so i've been doing this pendulum swing. I've been experimenting all the energies to find my equilibrium and the place where I can, I can be all of it or another, you know, where um, I'm, I'm in full presence and I can in, in one day with, you know, my partner be all of it with no attachments, simply knowing that I'm on the full spectrum. It's okay to do the, that dance and I mean, I feel like that's what we've come here to experience are this, this duality and this masculine and feminine dance has definitely been, for me, one of the most interesting aspects of being in this human body and, and having different bodies and, 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 and vaginas and penises and all this. This is, this is the exciting part about human, everything else. <laughs> we're, we're coming from sources and from spirit. But really, the dance here and the big learning for me has been what to do with this body and how to treat it and how to allow it to be treated. And for me, the primary source of my searching for healing, my, my path has started or was initiated with this purpose to, to figure this part out. <laughs> you know, what it means to be a woman, what it means to be a man, and what are we doing together? And you know, looking around all and then seeing what's going on in our world. I feel like this is the core of what is out of harmony. If we can get this right, I feel like we will get it right. You know, I feel it. Like. Well, yeah. Different. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Massive change. <laughs> I agree. Thank you ladies. A couple of things that I, I'm hearing is that there's a collective way that some of these things are held. And so sometimes because we are in the vortex of life or empathic by design or in tune or intuitive that what we can experience can come through in a collective way. And that's an interesting thing just for us to consider, because I know as a young girl, when certain things would happen, say around getting my period or things like that, I didn't realize how this was happening to everybody. And that's part of what made the whole stigma and different things exist. You know, I mean, it became more like, oh, no, I'm this, but really we're this. And we're all feeling those feelings, right? So, something you both touched on and Jill reinforced more strongly was the way that as we find that balance between our male and female, since I think all of us here agree that there's a male and female energy in our experience. Yes. You guys agree with that, Jill? Yeah. There's a way that, the I know I, I can I'll speak on my own but like my male overlay was part of who was suppressing my female like I was suppressing myself with my male tone my male push like something I just in the slowing down became aware of is literally how I'm pushing my body through everything like I had these ideas and I'm just like flailing around this big bag of shit that's me you know and it's I'm not paying attention to each step and and really like I think about when you see those women in those cool dresses in the 1800s there was like those little boots those big skirts so like I could have my ass and I'd look great you know and I would just just the way they would walk the way they would hold themselves like a certain kind of grace and candor and not to say that I don't enjoy the fact that I was a girl carrying a keg on her back or carry the shit up the thing Like I understand I was all those things but the true feminine like soft, vulnerable aspects of me walks lightly, is gentle, right? And sometimes the push that I have to get it done or the the drive that might come through in that polar game board that we're talking about might override my need for just go real slow, like it's okay, you know, like just, just sit down, like it's all right, like we're not going anywhere. Okay, what's going on, take a breath, you know? Meeting that part of me in all aspects of myself, like they're welcome in my house, like not rejecting anything, like wel- welcoming myself to my wholeness. You know, inviting everything that's been disowned to come back in and for me to be fiercely compassionate to any ways that I might've mistreated myself or others. Because I can say in the generation that I'm sort of in your generation, so I'm a little older than you guys, but like we're the we're the middle of the bridge in a way, right? And so we're carrying some of the the history of what happened and the the little bit of toxicity, you know, resentment stuff. And we can get easily triggered by it, you know, I and mean? maybe a little less on the early forties and the later forties. So How are you using your spiritual practices and your daily to stay in harmony with all aspects of yourself? Like what are you guys done spiritually to assist you to feel that wholeness as you continue on the journey of becoming your best selves? Can you ask that question again? The last question. How have you been using spirituality to support that kind of integration I am talking about? And what have you learned in your past? You're both. Healers in your own right and you've both taken specific journeys of different types of modalities to serve humanity. So you obviously have practices yourself plus whatever you've learned about this human story, right? Because it's this is our story. You know, even though we might all be living in little pockets of it with different experiences, I'll just drop this as I let go. There's also a tendency in the human story for us to do things in cycles, and it literally feels like loops and sometimes it's like we're doing the same thing over and over. But I've been wondering if we're not designed to do it from the same place, but with a different, like the Course in Miracles says, with a different ability to to see it, with a different level of self-mastery as it happens, because everything that's happening is just happening. In my experience and trying to learn from different teachers and always
2: trying to seek answers and guidance, which is something I long for my whole life. It was always kind of like, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. Everything has always led me back to having to be quiet within myself and feeling what it is that I need. So these beautiful practices are, are, are they do work. Drumming helps me to clear my mind and ground me and go into many journeys to be able to get guidance for myself or what's happening. I use the sound to clear my field and also be able to kind of connect to a greater source
1: of information. And- Elizabeth, thank you. tell us how you get information. What are you talking about when you say guidance from yourself, like, what are you talking about? So I feel that one of the abilities are, okay. So for me,
2: I, I call it the information highway. You know, it's like, there's something that I'm connected to that is and has all the information that ever was is and kind of will be there's a way that I think my life and my experience that I feel almost like an antenna inside of me when I'm centered and curious curiosity seems to be the door there's a connection that's made it's like a streamline of energy that I feel connected to and I could feel like as I'm speaking now there's a love there's a sensation of going up and a brightening and a lifting and an elevation. And then as I go higher, there's a connecting into information. There's like bullies around us and within
1: us, there's their information. It's a way to resource. You interpret your life from those places. So when you're looking for information, you take the time you've taken to drum center, be curious, open up. Nature, being in nature, yeah, is huge.
2: But it's a way that I kind of connect to, to spirit. I feel that we can experience depending on our thoughts and feelings and each one of those thoughts and feelings carries a resonance and a, a way that if you feel and think one thing, you may be on, you know, floor number one or perhaps you're feeling down, you may be in the basement. But as you are feeling through things and shifting, even perhaps for some people choosing your thoughts and, and feelings because having a thought a feeling comes with that. As you feel better and clearer and happier and there's a sensation of a charge of energy, as opposed to nothingness and the slowing down and a a sense of heaviness and stagnation with the lower thoughts and thinking. So as you go up in your choices and your feelings and your thoughts, there's an elevation that occurs in your journey up in within that journey of what you choose to think and feel comes different possibilities, like feeling in your reality. So. There could be, say, 20 windows running of like, oh, if I feel like this, I'm going to connect to that reality or that possibility or things are perhaps unfold into this way or that way. So everything is kind of like the wheel and range of energy and like windows. That's how I experience it that are going on simultaneously. And it's always easier, obviously, for me to do it with other people myself it's a little bit you know you're kind of in those murky waters sometimes so it's not as clear it can be though for me it's like a curiosity and like Ooh, i wonder and as i'm wondering i'm kind of going up and then i say up, but the up is really any direction but it's really more of a sensation of elevation and light and frequency and sound into a higher level of dimension of whatever And then that you know is like oh there's information there and then like look at that one look at that one look at that one so it's like we have a lot of different outcomes to our reality depending on what we want to align to and I think that's when they talk about aligning that's what they're referring to that makes any sense what I just said (laughs) so it's like well you know they say what do you want to choose I think
1: is what. I think people say a little bit of a loopy way. I'm not sure that we I I feel like I got some of the content, you know. I, I think what I, I heard was along the lines of, you know, alignment and using your ability to how you know spirit to learn information and that it gets stronger with other people because sometimes with yourself it can get a little murky. But part of how you rectified your inner relationship is by making a relationship with spirit.
2: Yes. That's always been the way for me and anytime I've ever needed any kind of relief in my life for physical pain emotional pain, it really always wasn't accessible to me through family for whatever reason. Uh, I was left alone with my own self and the only resources I had were nature and quiet. Pray, prayer was huge for me always. I grew up Catholic. I was always very connected to the sense of Jesus and his teachings and Angels. So my first experience was just being really sick in the bathroom. I was sick a lot. I had celiac, and I didn't know back then what it was. But I spent a lot of time by myself in the bathroom, and I would pray all the time, like so young. And the first experience I had was an angel. Like an angel form of an angel came through the wall, and like almost pulled like out of my body, like with a syringe, like the pain. So I was in so much pain, and so I knew that I had help, and I wasn't alone. And there were larger forces that I here to help. Me. So that was my initial experience with an angelic like, being. But I've always found that through a level of a sense of curiosity, anytime we're curious in the universe and that's some sort of a question, and curiosity is more of a question state, right? It's kind of open-ended. Like, I wonder what, I wonder if. You know, wonder—the word wonder—for just like amazing things. By law, like they say, law. There's laws in the universe. The universe has to answer like that's the question. So, being curious, I'm able to kind of sense into a place where there's answers and possibilities, and I kind of feel that when I ask, the answer usually comes. And it's just through repetition, experience, like riding a bike. Over time, you, you just keep listening and asking, listening, asking connecting and grounding, and, and it just grows stronger. So for me, over the years and experience and time of questioning and being curious, my line and current into that information it feels like it's very strong. Beautiful. Thank you. I also find my equilibrium and my connection with spirit. Prayer is my, that I feel like I, I connect in, and that's been there since I was a child, obviously um, in a different form. I was also very connected to the, the Christ and Catholicism. I grew up going to Catholic school my whole life. That was my language for spirituality as a child. And so the faith was always there. It was very strong. And it came in the form that I was being taught. At some point in my life, I, I lost that. You know, I completely lost connection to my faith. I went into this like void space, material world. Everything was, you know, really based on the physical and the image. Through pretty extreme life experiences, extreme for me, mostly based on challenging relationships as we were talking before. I was brought to my knees and to a place where I started searching for a way to reconnect and refine myself. My my journey started with yoga, meditation, Buddhism. I met incredible guides in my life that helped propel me on my spiritual path and eventually found the secret plants and plant medicine, which have been a huge factor in keeping and bringing me equilibrium and an immense amount of healing and an immense amount of connection to my higher senses and to that little girl. Especially, I remember the first time that I went to the jungle to experience plant medicine. I, I remember that that was my takeaway. It was wow, I feel like I'm that little girl again, and I feel like my fate has been reestablished. And I remember that I, I always knew. I even as a little girl, I knew, and so it was beautiful to come back to that purity. So that's I, I, I continue to to connect in that flower room through prayer, through recent finding a space of divine neutrality. After going through pretty emotional parts of the journey, I feel like I'm now kind of like the pendulum is funneled, it's, it's equilibrium, and I feel like I'm in a beautiful place of neutrality where I can be a witness and observe as things come and move through me. I can allow memories or traumas or all sorts of things that are still moving to move through me in a way that can, I, there's no attachments. And there's no stickiness to any
1: of it. It's just kind of a clearing and a cleansing. I appreciate that you're bringing in the medicine and the way it served you. When you both were talking, you know how sometimes you get little images around people and stuff like that. And in my screen, it's such that Jill's in the angel realm, right? Doing the high up angel game. And Aurelis is in the ground playing the root game with the plants, you know? (laughs) So I'm like, Merkabot, right? Because it's... (laughs) Above and below, right? Because I feel like we obviously were recognizing that there is some awakening or shift occurring in our lifetime. And there does seem to be a way that how we came was kind of like as insulated and protected as we could to get us through the terrain to where we're going to go to and to be able to access the way you access, right? But now, how Aurelis accesses and Jill accesses and how I access are all divine. You know, that's the whole thing about the shared prayer, you know, because my mission in starting this and from you guys knowing me, from everything I say all day, is shared prayer and harmony for families. You know, like wanting men and women inside ourselves and outside ourselves to work in a way that our children are able to cultivate who they are because each one of us and others that I've spoken to too, had a way that the child innocence or the 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 part of them that they're waiting to see again got put down somewhere to keep going and that spirituality or some force of connection or the mirrors of others became the place that we found the courage to say well i must be okay because they're weird too and you know these angels keep coming anyway and I just made up a song in the woods I never heard before and it seems like it's happy so I mean like we must be okay right like whatever yeah (laughs) Yeah. I love the woods
2: let's plant so much this time that's how I feel the most connected when I go into those woods and I talk them off and so the trees, they're just pure happiness. They just pick up and then the rocks they take all the heaviness away. So I just sit on a rock, be patient, and just start to notice what's around you. Like my body heals, my body heals, and I feel younger, like so much younger. I'm so happy that you found your calling and you use that beautiful medicine the way you do to help all these people and yourself, right? It's a great thing. Mm-hmm. Thank you, yeah. Subir. So <laughs> I like to share the good things that have come along in the past. I'm really grateful to be able to share something that has been such a huge opening for me to resent me to that little girl that when we're children, we come with so much knowledge, wisdom, connection. And then through these experiences, we start to lose parts of ourselves and we start to put away and protect and put armor around this and a cage around that and all this stuff. And then it takes a lifetime <laughs> to peel back all those layers to finally arrive at what we initially were already. It's so important for me, for my child, to not have to go through that process and remain her essence to always be able to be what she is without you know conditioning or needing her to, or for her feeling like she needs to edit herself to a degree where she starts to lose that. Her essence is my prayer for her. That's what I have kept as a a focus for for my way of, of guiding her.
1: Nice. I appreciate that. So here, let's go. As we start to close up, what keeps coming up for me is dimension, right? Because two of you in my story of growing have been very affirming mirrors at different times of my life to the possibility that that weird way I always felt like a high priestess who lived in many dimensions could be true. Right? Because <laughs> like it was my imagination as a child to feel like I was in more than one place and I could see things and connect to things and hear things mm-hmm. as Jill continued to use her ability to connect to nature and the angels, and her innate wisdom and her intuitive guidance, and your work with the medicine and our other sisters too, and like the way that you'd see more and understand more. I mean, I remember one time you just caught me and being like, "Okay, like there's there none of this is real, okay, Madeline, none of this is real," and I were like, "Okay, what does that mean?" You know. <laughs> So It's like the illusion and the way the different paths lead us to dispel the illusion. And what your thoughts are about this multi-dimensional understanding, like we're traveling from the third to the fifth. There's a rainbow bridge. We're in all spaces. Time's not real. I mean, these are some of the things that people are getting down on a regular. Those things are becoming mainstream, you know, where we used to talk about them like, so is it not? Is what I think is going on? And now it's like, oh, yeah, there's more than one dimension. I remember my eldest son going to an energy healing school and them showing the physical, third, the mental, the spiritual, like showing the dimensions of the body and being like, well, oh, interesting, that really, something about that really makes a lot of sense to me, you know, like a resonance kind of thing. And then in recent learning about how that fourth dimension being the mental would be where we have all these little constructs and these little ideas of, well, this is how it is. No, this is how it is. And everything pitted against itself, all of this fourth dimensional plane. And the third being so based on the physical and desires and however that played out with addiction and codependency and all that. But then the fifth would seemingly be more like a, a bird on a wire, like a more observing spiritual plan you're able to inform your avatar self and move through the mind of crazy town, right? Because the mind's a crazy town, <laughs> like we just did, like, and everybody thinks the president and everybody thinks to be the boss there. And it's just, I guess it's a phase, right? But like, the deal is... Coming out of crazy town, you gotta take the crazy train. And that's where you can almost go insane. And sometimes people go out to medicine and sometimes people go out to prayer and sometimes people go out slowly. But the thing is to let go of the ideas that helped you to believe you were what you were when you may not be what you saw you were. Like it's, it's illusory, right? Like it's the mind. And to let go of all those things, to dispel them, to surrender, and rise up, people of the earth tribe. How are we going to perceive everything from a perspective that's not in some type of dualistic game board or attached to greed and money and sexuality for a sense of well being, but actually integrates them to a oneness? So, I mean, obviously, I have thoughts about it because I'm babbling, but you know, it's just something that I'm curious how you guys have used it with your families, with language, with yourself, like what are your perceptions of those things are. As you're speaking, I'm just
2: watching all the pictures going by of what you're saying as you're speaking. It comes to me like in these pictures. So what's interesting is that like the first question I have, what is actually letting go? You know, and I think there's been a misperception, and I don't think we're really taught in this culture or this way and that we live, what that really is. And I think there is like a lot of confusion. So I can only speak of my own experience and most of my life and learning to have armor and constructs to be able to function and then getting to a point where I almost mastered that and then realizing that oh, like I had to build all build all this 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 protection in this way so I, I wouldn't shatter or something because not having it actually was so harmful that I had to have it. And then all of a sudden, now I have to have it. Now I have to break down and then let go. And like, what is all that? So I spent a lot of time breaking myself down, trying to break down constructs. And I'm pretty strong, you know? So like up against myself isn't a fun game. What I can say is that I don't really feel like it's a, uh, even the, the concept of letting go, it's like, I look at a pool and inside the pool, like things are floating we're hanging to certain tubes and certain things. And like, there comes a point where it will sink down. And the space between us and what, what is perhaps will grow a little bigger, but they're always going to be pictures on the walls and they're never going to go away. They're just gonna be a part of your story. Like walking through a hallway, you see like a museum, there's pictures of, of how you lived and why, and there's a respect that comes with that and a love and appreciation and compassion and understanding, you know, and and but the picture isn't a movie anymore, it's just a picture. And I think Manuel and we've talked about this together as well. The letting go is it, deconstruction, so to speak, I think needs to be almost like reframed or, or, or modified or something because in my experience with people that I work with and in my own experience for myself, there was a lot of confusion. I got to a point where I was like, I'm not breaking myself down anymore. And I'm not breaking any of these things down. I think for me it was like having an awareness that I had mastered these things. In myself and my experience, I could be a fortress of armor if I choose to and then loving and with respect understanding how it happened and now having that step aside beside me and allowing those other parts of me to to grow forward and maybe having time to spend and let those grow to maybe a, a level of, again, I don't really like to use the word mastery, but I mean like to its fullness, right to its fullness so, i is mastered, so to speak, but to be soft and loving, like those parts can come forward now because the other ones are like good, but I'm not going to deconstruct them. And I'm certainly not going to have this fantasy that it's just all going to go away. It's never going to be like that. It's going to be being in relation to it and having honor for those experiences in a very deep and sacred way in your own self and be from that place of honor and respect. That's where the other... Places in us can come forward and grow, then we can elevate into a different experience. But those will always be pictures on the walls. So I just want to say to people don't spend your time deconstructing anything. Just pay attention to what wants to come forward now as we love and nurture, and let those other things just fall into a place where, with honor and respect, you know, and there's no breaking down. There's no breaking down. It's allowing things to reorganize, reorganize. It's not something to have to be plucked out of the garden. It's just not going to happen like that. How many times have you tried to rip out that root? Is it going anywhere? No, it's just like with love, we'll find a new place and perhaps not be so strong and let other things grow. And then we just tend to that root and allow it to stay in its place with love and respect.
1: Yeah, in reference to the the crazy town metaphor. That train out of crazy town is a revealing, so great. And no, you cannot take it out and cut the pages out of the journal and and bury them. And yeah, they're part of what you use to learn who you are, to be your star, right? So it's all part of the integration is a word that we're always talking about. Right, Rella's? It's huge. and That comes. Yeah.
2: I feel like all those those density places and those high luminous places exist within me. I feel like I'm constantly living in different dimensional vibrations within me. When I first started hearing about this ascension into the higher dimensions and fifth dimensions, I really wanted to see it all happen in the masses. I wanted to see the change. I wanted the, the world to change, the end of suffering. We're free people. It's, you know... And and I don't take away from that being a possibility. I still hold the 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 light for for that to be. But I realize it's become a lot more personal. It's really been something that I've lived from within myself, where I've been doing this exploration of my you know density to my my divinity. The healing has been you know it's been several years of very deep healing. So healing those those places within myself, especially in the body, those traumas that get trapped in the body, those memories, ancient memories, lifetimes of memories that are held within the, the physical form. Being able to open myself up to those higher dimensions and to my divine self that is in the knowing, that is in the full presence, that is in the full connection, that is realized, that is. So I feel like those those dimensions and those beautiful places All exist inside. And I do believe we are a bridge in many ways. I believe that my role and the role of of many of the beautiful sisters and brothers that have accompanied me on this path is to be a bridge for people who are walking through their own density and coming into their luminosity, their luminousness, and their divinity and their celestial self. Because I do believe that we are all of that. And I believe that what is happening right now is an ascension and that we are making space through moving through this density. We're making space for us to be able to fully embody this divine self into this now presence and to this body. My beginning of the path was really. Focused on that, like I really wanted this to happen. And once I I triggered this ancient memory, myself, I knew that this was an extremely important part of my soul purpose, and that I would have something to do with making this a reality in my in my life and in the collective. And like I said, then after that, it just became really personal. And I realized this happens from the inside out. It's not something we create out there, and then all of a sudden, we get to enjoy our. When we've created outside of ourselves, it's really something that's happening inside every individual in in different ways. I do believe that our role is to help people cross into and become aware of our multi-dimensionality and of our divine selves, bringing us into wholeness, bringing us into divine union with our god goddess aspects. I, I do believe that that's what we are. I. I believe that that is part of my mental purpose. I fully to, to being of service to that plan.
1: Oh, me, me too. Well, ladies, I, I really want to thank you for your first of your three Mondays of our new voice. I feel like we've touched on a lot of interesting topics, which I know will continue And like the others who are being asked to be on the show on the Mondays. We're asking you to also listen to what the others share before we, when you can, or at least parts of it. So when you come back on, our conversation becomes even more collective, right? Because we really want to integrate the awareness of all of the women. But I appreciate how authentic and present people were today. And I, I knew you would be. And maybe we want to close up with some type of a shared experience of alignment and centering and like all these things we've been talking about, right? Because we have the gift of our three energies. At this moment, we can be above, below, and within, and we can, you know, hold that dream of, of harmonious frequency between men and women and for families, you know, that we can allow ourselves to be that example in our ability to listen and honor everything is sacred. You know, so... If anyone wants to add to that or we'll just you know make a a moment to just become still and just promise ourselves to listen to listen to each other and to just listen
2: perhaps like in this times of storm to be like that mighty tree with its roots so deep and never spread wide and deep anchor down and center with no fear in the tr- trunk of that tree moving up and being at our center and meeting those branches, reaching high, absorbing the waters and air. and just feeling those worlds connecting and centering into our hearts, down to the roots, up to the sky, allowing all those energies to merge into the center of us, into our being, and falling back into that even deeper, even wider, more open, I simultaneously feeling protected and at ease and allowing grace to surround us at all times and move feel a heart and to just keep growing our light from within
1: stronger, wider, higher, deeper
3: Thank you sisters Thank you,
1: you have anything in your else as we close out? Oh, uh, yes. I
2: just wanted to connect our hearts, the three of us, and send our heart see to all the poems right now because a lot of us in the world are experiencing something very similar at the same time, just quite unusual. Finally, the conversation isn't, we're on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> a, one of the factors is that everyone's in their home right now with their with their families, with their, in their nest or in their solitude, and really having quite a moment to introspect and to, to retreat, something that we have been practicing for several years, many of us is retreating ourselves and really looking at ourselves, but this isn't a common place for many people, and really sending a a heart frequency to all of those bones, and all the people that are in your sense of confusion and in a large transformational metamorphosis process. So really helping us to still feel connected within our, our separation, and confinement.
0: We're gonna tune out, everything's vibrational. And I love what the Ong Namo Guru Dev Namo does when we open up a space. And I find that that sunshine song that Yogi Bhajan brought in my kundalini training that I picked up in 2011, I really think it's a beautiful way to send people on their way. So in this closing, we're going to use the sunshine song. So make your heart big and ready to receive. Thank you for all the safety and the clarity that came in the conversation here today. let go here we grow. be the long time sunshine upon you all love surround you and the pure light within you guide your way home May the long time sunshine upon you. All love surround you, and the pure light within you guide your way on. Guide your way on. God, joy on. Peace to all, love to all. May all of our obstacles be overcome with ease and grace. And may we live and grow as one, like the moon and the sun and the forest too. Oh, Matakios, and Klaasokomari, Om Mateo. Blessings, everyone. Have a good one. Hi, this is Madeline again. If you're interested in learning more about co creation and building a new foundation, Check out the website gwtestfamily.com and get involved. Join us in growing this frequency of more peace and harmony and possibility. Turning in all the directions, calling above and below to the space inside me that longs to glow. I call for the wisdom of my teachers and my elders and the wisest part of me. What is it that's gonna set us free? How can we find harmony in this family? Please teach me. Show me the way. I know. way will open. Where is it? Where's the fire? Rhythm in the middle. Stay centered. Stay true. Do what you're here to do. And that's what'll soothe your soul.
3: Rhythm in the middle Rhythm in the middle Rhythm in the middle Soothe
0: my soul Smell that fire Time to sing with the tribe
3: Rhythm in the middle Rhythm in the middle Rhythm in the middle